Welcome to the Bureau Briefing, a podcast by the Bureau of Digital, an organization devoted to giving digital professionals the support system they never had. Each episode, we're going to talk to a member of our community doing awesome, inspiring things. Now for your host, Carl Smith. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the Bureau Briefing. I know a lot of you are really cold. A lot of our listeners are dealing with minus 30, minus 50 with wind chill. I've been talking to some people, I'm like, oh my goodness, stay warm. You know what you should do is get yourself a little hot toddy, sit down and listen to this episode of the Bureau Briefing because we have got Kianush Porion and he is going to tell us the story of launching a company, merging that company, having that company acquired, and then what happened next on this episode of the Bureau Briefing and it all took place in three years. Now, I wanna give you a little bit of an events update. BizDev Camp is coming to us in March in DC and there are only two spots left. So if you manage sales for digital services, if you're an owner, if you're in charge of business development, whatever it is, give it a look. Also right now, if you're a digital PM or you have one in your life, super early birds are available for the summit, which is gonna be in October in Orlando. It's gonna be so nice. Now we're still figuring out a lot of the details And as a result, the price is really cheap right now. So give that a look as well. We'll put that in the show notes. Have to shout out for our amazing sponsors, MailChimp. You know them, you love them. They do this amazing marketing platform that allows us to connect with our guests, with the people that we want to buy our products, buy our services. But they also wanna help you with your business and their partner program is solid. And then Vogsy. You know, I've been talking about Voxy for a few weeks now, and I have to say they are one of the nicest companies we've ever worked with. If you're using the Google suite of products, then you are ready to give them a look. From the initial quote to finally getting paid, everything in between, they help you track that and keep the data in one place so you can have great visibility and great reporting. So give Voxy a look as well. And with that, let's get on with our conversation with Kianush. With me today, I have a friend of mine who I first met at UX Fest, an event put on by Fresh Tilled Soil, where he gave a presentation about introverts that changed the way that I communicate with people. And he's here today to talk to us about this roller coaster ride he's had over the last three years from starting a company, merging a company, getting acquired, all this stuff happening to where he is today. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Kyunush Purion. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Carl. So bring everybody up to speed on where you were three years ago. So um, I, but well, let me go a little farther back in 2010. 2010, I was working after about uh, eight years of working at Staples as a full-time employee. I wanted, wanted to move away and move into new opportunities. And I left and I started doing some freelancing and contracting. Um, in about a year within that, that period, I decided, you know, um, I can, I'd like to be more than a freelancer, more than a filler within a project. I wanted to be more involved in the architectural side and the decision-making and and the contribution part. So I started my own consulting firm called Cielo Concepts. Um, okay. that, was, that was in May of 2011. It was uh, still a company of one. Um, I was, you know, picking up projects here and there and working. A little further down the line, I 
I grew enough that I hired my first person. That was a nerve wracking experience for me. I, just, you know, being, I think being, everybody listening can appreciate that. Right, being responsible for somebody else's livelihood was uh, was very nerve wracking for me. But I got over that. Um, so we we expanded a little bit. We it was two of us, and uh, uh, and I started uh, again growing more. So. It was a decision between hiring more people or subcontracting some people. Initially, I decided, okay, let's fill this with subcontractors until I decide what the next steps are. That is when I got introduced to another company called ThoughtSynth. That was a company of two people, Eric Brown and Martin Burris. And they were doing the same thing as us, kind of consulting, um, and we talked, I said I needed some help, subcontracted them out, and we started working together on a project. Um, this was at the end of 2015. Um, okay, so you had been running for about four years. Right, right. Um, After eight years at Staples, good for you, man. It's like <laughs> you said, I'm just going to try this. You, right. you run your own thing for four years, you subcontract out to them, and then that goes pretty well? Yeah, yeah. What was funny, if I go back, at the end of, so I, the, when I left Staples, it was March of 2010. And I don't know if you remember, end of 2009, beginning of 2010, that was pretty much the financial crisis, the yeah. housing stuff. And everybody was saying, no, just go be stable, get a full-time job. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like the market's going to bounce back. I'm just going to go freelancing. And everybody was just like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? So that was, that was a big leap of faith that I took. And I don't know, personal opinion. Uh, I feel like uh, as a, as a uh, entrepreneur, you, yeah. there's a lot of leap of faiths that you're going to take throughout go against the that process. Stream. Right. Make that choice <laughs> nobody's making. Yeah. We started our shop in 2003, right after the bubble burst. I was right. like, oh, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> So that's great. It's uh, so, and then just trying getting over all the naysayers telling you what are you doing and all that. Yeah. So um, yeah, end of 2015, subcontracted, thoughts sent out. Uh, it was just uh, so it was me, my employee, and Martin Burris. We started doing the project together, and we sat down and talked a little bit as we were doing the project, and we seemed to have a lot in common and. Uh, our companies were pretty much at the same level. And I had reached a point of either hiring more people or kind of partnering with somebody. And I started the conversation with them and they were very receptive. So we kind of decided, okay, um, there's the other concepts, there's thought sent, let's just merge together. And we created a new company called Iotopia Solutions. Uh, initially, the name was around I, a combination, amalgamation of the word I-O and mm -hmm. utopia. So we put it together, made it Iotopia. But as we were looking at it, there we saw the IoT in there. And one of the yeah. things that uh, Martin and Eric were doing, they were doing a lot of connected devices work. Nice. Uh, Martin was an electrical engineer, or still is actually, and um, and uh, we were we were doing some of that work, and it was it was a good uh, getting together of us because I did the software side, Martin did the hardware and the connected uh, 
part. And Eric Brown, he was, he sort of sat in the middle. He did the middleware, the data part of it, the data analysis and things like that. He was a big Python guy. So he was, he was very uh, adept at uh, getting this information and running it through analysis. So it worked out really well for us there. So how did you approach ownership? Like when you sat down to look at the merger, what was that conversation like? Um, it was, it was very simple. We, we were like, Hey, you know, what are your plans? What are our plans? Um, here's, we, we reached a point where we said, okay, here's, I open up the financial books. Here's where I am financially. Here's where you guys are financially. Um, we, we, we didn't, nobody wanted to, we didn't, we didn't feel like we were at a position of purchasing each other. Right. So basically the, the, what happened is we just brought together all of our network, all of our clients and, we set a drop uh, drop dead date that said everything after I think we established ourselves February of 2016. We said March March of 2016, all the clients we're going to let all our clients know that going forward from March on, they're going to be invoiced as Iotopia Solutions, same service and everything, just that. We divide everything three way. There was the talk of titles. We decided initially. <laughs> We decided initially that we're all going to be principal partners and we're going to try to figure out um, our roles, how our roles evolve as we go through. I think that decision what has its pros and cons. Uh, luckily for us, it worked out for us. We weren't, uh, we weren't title greedy um, or role greedy and it so happened to evolve that I kind of took the leadership role and those guys kind of took the development and the management roles of uh, other parts. So it worked out for us really, really well. Um, we, uh, I knock on wood that, that I don't know if I'll ever be able to replicate that because we were, smooth, <laughs> we were smooth sailing going through. Uh, um, so you, you do the merger, right? Uh, they start doing most of the work. You're kind of the front man finding the work. Well, so initially we were all billable. Um, we ended up having a big client uh, that one of the things that we would do going to our clients was we would uh, offer them a tech analysis. We, uh, we, we would say, you know, before you hire us or anything, let us come in somewhere between two to six weeks, depending on how complex your uh, your tech stack is, let us uh, evaluate it, let us interview all the people that are involved, let us look under the hood and all that stuff. And what we would do at the end of that, we would give them a somewhere between a 30 to 40 page report. Wow. Uh, that would include, here's where you are, here's where you're trying to go, here's the options that are available to you, and here's what we recommend that, you know, the direction that you go. And if you go with our recommendation, here's how long it's going to take and what it's going to cost you. Um, that worked out for us really well because not only do we get familiar with the company, uh, but we were familiar enough. Uh, they were familiar enough with us to say, yeah, you guys know what you're doing. And it was kind of like a what I would call 
the dating part of uh, the consulting part where we kind of get to know each other. Um, I think the, the report was quite extensive enough that uh, we, we would tell them this is a roadmap that it, that we would follow if you hire us, but if you're not going to hire us, uh, you can easily take that and run with it as you will. But nobody ever does. They always stick with who brought the roadmap. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is that's the little trade secret that. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean it's 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 uh, it's 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 a good uh, introduction, and and it worked out for us. I mean, if we luckily for us, we didn't have a bad client, but if we uh, saw a kind of a negative vibe uh we would we would extricate ourselves and say here's what we think you should do but i don't think we can do it for you but but we never got got to do that um so yeah we were we were doing well and so we had this big client that we were uh those uh it was at that time we were we had grown to about six people uh we had a big client I was billable. Those guys were billable. Um, everybody uh, was billable for us. Um, the client we worked for about eight months, and we end up ended up losing our advocate at the client. Ugh. And and it, you know, as as it turns out, no matter what they say, we had a meeting with them. There's like, no, 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 you guys are doing fine. Continue what you're doing. And then a week later, they're like, yeah, no, we're gonna part ways. So we parted ways and what ended up happening is because we were all billable, we were like, okay, what does our pipeline look like? And uh, we, we had taken our eyes off of our pipeline. Because so, you had a big client that came in right. and it was a big runway and you were going, oh, right. it's such a story. Yeah. Right. So at that point, we sat down, the three of us, and we said, okay, one of us has, has, has to do the uh, biz development side of things. So we, we, uh, and I, I, I drew that straw, um, whether, whether it's the long straw or the short straw, I'm not going <laughs> to say, but I drew that straw. And so we, we ended up, uh, I ended up doing biz development. Um, so fast forward a little bit to about September of that same year, 2016, we lost our client. We're kind of, we're, we're not we're, so one of the one of the other things that we decided to do the, between the three of us that quarterly we would pay out dividends to each other, but we wouldn't pay out the dividends uh, in one thirds. We paid it out in one fourth, and we took a quarter of the dividends and set it aside. Smart. This was for the our what we called our sort of our rainy day fund or our R and D fund, whatever we wanted it to be. So as a result of that, we were not hurting that much and we were, we were, we were not desperate. We, we, we had enough that we could pay ourselves and our employees for three months at least. So we, we started doing business development and uh, I started doing business development and we started going forward. And at that time, <clears throat> we had, I had reached my, uh, optimal skill level of doing biz development um as a <laughs> as as a developer there's so much i can do uh i i, I you're laughing you say you, reached, you say you reached your optimal skill level does that mean you realized you couldn't do any better 
Um, like you had hit the ceiling of what you were going to be able to do? Yes and no. I had reached I had reached the level of I we had exhausted our immediate network. Okay. Um it the going outside required a bit more aggressiveness that I didn't feel like I had. I am going to uh, explain to my wife that I have reached my optimal skill level with folding <laughs> the towels. And I've tried. I swear I've tried and I've just I've hit that optimal skill level. So we're going to go outside of this relationship. <laughs> get a towel. I love the way you said that. Though. That was beautiful. Okay. So you realize that you're going to have to go outside. That's not in your comfort zone to, to do outbound. So how did you approach it? So we were, we were, we were at a crossroad, um, of hiring somebody, um, or getting an outside company or something like that. And around that time, I get this phone call uh, from a guy and I was getting a lot of phone calls from recruiters and stuff like that. So I, for some reason I answered this one and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's talking and all that stuff. And I'm barely listening and all that stuff. Then he starts talking about synergy and acquisition and stuff like that. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. can you rewind for a second? Did you say acquisition? And are you talking about us acquiring somebody? Cause we're not there yet. Uh, he's like, no, well, we, I have a client, a company that's interested in acquiring you. Yet. I was like, okay. Now, mind you, Iotopia Solution at this point was <laughs> only six months old. And so, had it, been looking for work for a few months. Right. Well, okay. well, no, no. I mean, we, like I said, we weren't hurting. We, right, right. right. We, we just lost that one big client. And, but yeah, we were, we were, we were doing okay. So you had capabilities, right? But you didn't necessarily have a pipeline, and you weren't you weren't broke. But so yeah. so I'm just curious how this acquisition comes about. Like, what was it that they saw in the way you were presenting yourself that they were like, "We want that." Uh, I think they were looking for to acquire a company, and they wanted to get into the IoT side of things. Okay, they had, well, in your name, I'm sure on every web search. Right. <laughs> well, there you go. So then the name of the company was Speria, um, and they had done some work uh, in the embedded systems and IoT side of things, but they were looking to expand it. They're a Canadian-based company based out of Montreal. At that time, they had two locations, one in Montreal and the other one in Gatineau, which is a suburb across the river from, uh, from Ottawa. Okay. Um, so, so we started talking, I told my partners about it and we were all on, we were like, it doesn't hurt to talk. We're, mm -hmm. we're, again, we're not desperate. We can, we can go along and we treated this as another client, sort of let's prepare for it. Let's research them. Let's see how how things work out and all that stuff. So, and we continued everything else going on and we, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't stop and hold back and say, Oh, wait, we're going to get acquired. Everything's, everything's all set. Uh, because one of the things I didn't want to do is that if we, at the end, we put all this effort in and we don't get acquired, I didn't want to be uh, again, holding the, uh, holding an empty bottle and going, no, what's no, going on. That extra coat of wax on the Ferrari. Right. <laughs> so what ends up happening? So you start so, talking with them. 
Yeah, we interviewed them. They interviewed us. We went there. We went up to Montreal. They came down to Boston. We had uh, it, it was it was a it, it was a year long process. Some of it we uh, because we were small and we were doing a lot of things. We didn't have uh, a lot of time to go to it, so it took a year. Um, but we interviewed them. One one of the things I was looking for in a company. And one of the things that when I built the firm was that I didn't want to, I worked, I had done projects for agencies before, and I didn't want to be an agency that um, kind of gets their people working 60, 70 hours a week. Uh, Work-life balance was very important. I wanted, I wanted to have those things to me. Uh, I'd rather take less and pay my people more and not worry about the bottom line as much. Not that I'm saying I don't worry about the bottom line, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that sole thing. And, and a lot of companies have mission statements and value statements and stuff like that. Um, We didn't have a statement. We had a one word and our word was empathy. And the empathy for us started with our empathy, our empathetic approach started with us to our uh, employees and we asked our employees to pass that along to our clients so I that's what I wanted and that's those are the discussions I wanted to have with Spiria mm-hmm. um, we we did our due diligence as much as you can you know again this was another dating period for us so we we kind of dated for a while and see how things went and in September of 2017, we, you know, we uh, signed on the dotted line and we became Spiria Boston. Um, everything. Now, without, without getting into too much in the way of details, was it an offer you were really happy with? Did it, did it feel good at that moment while you were signing? Like, wow, we've done something. Yeah, they were pretty fair to us. Um, they didn't buy 100%. They bought 75% and they left us 25% of the company. So we were we were partial shareholders. Um, the valuation with services, service companies is kind of tricky. And yeah, we, we felt like we got a decent, um, decent uh, offer. Good. There was, there, you know... There was, uh, it was all, not all paid at once. It was like everything else. It was over three years. So you sign the deal. Everybody starts working. And what happens next? Well, um, we, I mean, we were obviously very excited about getting started. Um, being part of a bigger team, we went, automatically went from seven people to being part of an 150 plus company. Uh, yeah so that was uh that was interesting uh with it it came you know the benefits of having somebody else take over finances somebody else take over hr somebody else you know so so the multiple hats i was wearing i was able to kind of hand those off and concentrate on what the, the task at hand um however with that also comes like even though I prepared myself for this, you know, you, you're doing everything yourself. Now you are letting other people do things for you. And (laughs) that was, that was a, uh, 
that was a transitional thing for me. I mean, you know, being being slightly aware, I was like, all right, I know I'm giving this responsibility away. It's okay. It's hard. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like somebody trying to take a book out of your hand that you won't want to give away, and you're just tugging, and you know you will have to. You let you're gonna let them borrow the book, but you just don't want to let go of it. So you know, <laughs> you know, it's a growth opportunity and a learning experience. That's what we say, Kianush. Yes, yes. So, so yes, so I went through the growth opportunity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, things went well. They, we were uh, we were given autonomy. Um, we were given uh, we pretty much were running autonomously and managing the Boston branch. I would I had weekly meetings with my boss. Uh, quarterly meetings as we as we went along, um, you know that went uh, it went as well as expected. Um, so 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 yeah, we were going along. We we looked at hiring more people. We we started looking at different industries to go after and things like that. Um, so, so what were the what were the immediate changes let's let's say that you're in the first three or four weeks along with having other people help you like how was it going just work-wise work-wise things were going great um the transition to for our clients um there was it was a process to say okay to send out a uh, a kind of a letter or an email to our clients saying, you know, you knew us as Iotopia Solutions. Now we're Spiria Boston. Nothing is, nothing has changed and things like that. So we wanted to make, we wanted to reassure our clients that everything was okay. We had reassured our employees ahead of time. Hey guys, here's the transition that's happening. If you have any questions, any issues, let us know. Nobody really raised their hand to say anything or uh, have any complaints. So that went went okay. Um, with the clients, uh, we did we did have a plan. Uh, we kind of executed it. We uh, we could have done a better job because there were some clients that uh, we we slipped a little. Like the email went a little later than our announcement that on LinkedIn, and they found oh. out through LinkedIn and stuff like that. So you know, so that was that was a little tough there. But uh, <laughs> but I if you know, it's one of those learning things that you. Uh, it's essentially like a presidential campaign or something like that. A big announcement that you're making, you got, you want to have all the ducks in a row and make sure what goes out at the right time and things like that. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we, I mean, the work, uh, the clients were happy. They're continued with us. Nobody said, Oh, now you're part of a bigger team. No, go away. Um, so, and, and, and it was, and it gave us much more, uh, a bit of uh, leverage to go back to our clients and say, you know, we used to be six people and, you know, you asked us earlier to do something like this. We didn't have enough of a workforce. Now we do. Hey, let's, let's uh, start that conversation again. So that was, that was a nice, uh, nice opening to go back into some of our clients and say, hey, remember this thing that you wanted to do? Let's help you out some more with that. So, so it sounds good. It sounds like it, it took off on the right foot. 
But then what happens once the honeymoon's over? Right. The honeymoon, um, yeah. So, you know, fast forward to about 10 months later, uh, Spirit decides to close the Boston office. Yeah. Now, um, now this is, I, I've told this to a few people and they're like, oh yeah, well, that's a, that's a natural acquisition stage of things. I don't think our situation was the natural <laughs> acquisition part of it. Uh, I, I think, I think ours was different. Uh, maybe, maybe somebody can tell me otherwise, but nevertheless, um, they decided to close it. Now, um, it, for me, right. That was, that was end of August that we pretty much closed the Boston office. We've, you know, I closed the doors and I put away the key and stuff like that. So, um, for me, it's like, it's like having a, a breakup of a relationship. I want to be fair to all parties. So I don't know how much, uh, <laughs> I can say about that. And, and to honestly, I think there's two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I don't want to be the the partner on this side that says, "Hey, pointing no. the, pointing a finger on the other side." So, so I think uh, as I've been since it's a fresh breakup, I think I yeah. my role in this is to look introspectively and to see what I could have changed uh, with with the way things uh, things went. And in my case, I've given it some thought. Um, there, there's a few things I would change, but one of the major things that I would change, and this goes with, I think, with every relationship, is to set expectations ahead of time. Um, and there's different stages that you're going through, like you mentioned, the honeymoon period and all that stuff. There's different stages of the relationship that you're going to go through that you have to set your expectations. Right. One of the, uh, my wife and I have been married for about 13 years. Um, but one of the things before we got married in our engagement period, she came to me one day and she said, I think we should go to a couple's therapy. And I was like, what? <laughs> is, there, is there something wrong? And she's like, no, this is, uh, for us to sit down with a couple's therapist and set our expectations for our marriage as we're going forward. And to me, I thought that was a brilliant, wow. I thought that was a brilliant idea. Um, I, I think that should be done in a business because business, whether you think about it or not, it's nothing less, <laughs> nothing less than a marriage. You, you, you pretty much spend more time with your business uh, partners than you do with, uh, in your marriage. Sometimes. Right. So, um, to set those expectations ahead of time is, would have been very, very key for me. And I, I, I honestly, I wouldn't put it beyond going to a, some sort of a business therapist, business coach of some kind, uh, with the partners that you're about to get into and say, Hey, yeah. this is the way I see our business going forward. How do you see it going forward? So things like that. So I think that's the part that we missed that I would have, I would have gone back and I would have fixed that. 
Well, yeah, if, if I had done that couples therapy with my wife, you know, not to harp on the towels thing, but <laughs> I, I would have been able to say, I just want you to know the ta- towels are not my strong suit, but I'm really good at raising kids. <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the towel thing. I got that towel thing the other day. I'm sp- apparently, I'm supposed to fold it in threes and not in twos. Oh. I did not know this. <laughs> it's all based on the shelf size, man. It's all based on, on the, the depth and the width of the shelf. It's, it's insane. Different shelves may actually have different folding techniques. So, so what are you doing now? So it's been about four months, right? Uh, yes, yes. Um, so... I- it, it's been it's been a journey for me um i obviously i i so for me any point of my travels in the business world i've learned i've i've made it a learning point and tr- i think with this one i learned a lot i learned about how to how to treat partners how to deal with partners how to set how to manage expectations and things like that because for me i not not only was spiria a partner of mine but i had two other partners that came over from iotopia so i kind of sat in the middle there i and i i learned that i need to be more transparent more open more more uh set expectations with my partners um so for me right now i'm trying to figure out if the service industry is the right place for me to go or uh building a product is uh what i want to do um i think and the uh, the reason i say i say this is because as i go out there and fill out applications to become a director of technology or a vice president somewhere, uh, and I talk to CTOs and CEOs and things like that, I feel like in the back of my mind, I have this jealousy towards them that they are building something and I am just going to be helping them. And I want to be that person that builds something. So I think every, everything in my, in my body and my bones are telling me, go take one of your ideas that you have in your notebook and start building it. Uh, so I think, uh, I think that's, that's the direction I'm going to go with it. Well, I recommend that you do that because if you don't, it's going to undermine everything else you try to do. If it's constantly in your brain says a voice of authority or at least experience. (laughs) No, I agree. I agree with you completely. I think, uh, that's the other thing that I've learned is to listen to your intuition um, if, if the voice in the back of your head tells you this is what you should be doing, or, you know, this client doesn't seem like he's very upfront with you. Um, I've, I've learned that the times that I didn't listen to my, to that little voice in my head, I've paid mm-hmm. for it. So, uh, um, I think, uh, from now on, I'm just going to let that voice speak loudly. Well, I think you're making the right decision. And Kianush, I'm so glad you came on today and shared your experiences with the community. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited and I appreciate you uh, taking the time. You're totally welcome. And for everybody listening, we'll talk to you next week. All the best.